0: I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a million every week, I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a billy every week, I want to be a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire. I want to be a billionaire, billionaire. how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast, I am your host Johnny Vegas. Now today, I have a very special guest on my show, this man is a real estate influencer, he's been in the business for five years. And successfully grew his business to accumulate over fifteen million in sales last year, ladies and gentlemen. Gregory Eubanks, how you doing, sir? Oh man, I'm doing all right. Good yes. to see you today, see, man. Did the research. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. I gotta do my homework on people, yeah, man. Absolutely. I can't be out here looking crazy, man. Absolutely. So, first
1: of all, man, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be in this nice building downtown LA. Mm-hmm. It's always a good look, a block from LA Live, right? LeBron James, the Lakers, and all that energy going. Yeah, man. It's definitely hood, brother. it's definitely very exciting to be in this area, man. Yeah. I mean, I love it myself. <laughs> so, um, so where are you originally from, man? Originally from Minnesota, okay. born and raised Midwest. Uh, I was out there for my first 24 years of my life, man. Mm. That's all I knew. Went to University of Minnesota for college. Mm. Um, What'd you major? Major in kinesiology.
0: Oh, okay. So I wanted
1: to get into sports. I worked for the Timberwolves for a couple of years as an internship while I was in college. Mm, that was congrats. a great experience. Nice. While Kevin, De- I mean, while Kevin Garnett was playing? Kevin Garnett was still there. He was yeah. There for one of those years. That's yeah. one of
0: my top Absolutely. five favorite basketball players of all time.
1: Yeah, it was a good time. But it was, that was around the time when they were on a downslide, so they weren't doing so well. But mm. it was still exciting. It was still exciting. Yeah, and Steph Marbury already had left, right? Yeah, he was gone. He was, was gone already. Time. This was a year, a year right before he went to the Celtics, Kevin Garnett. Mm, gotcha. One. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so did you right. practice real estate out there? Uh, I actually bought my first property when I was 20 years old, so I was on the other wow. side. Wow, so what the I, hell was I, I, I doing? <laughs> 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 I bought my uh, first property, I was 20 years old, I got a duplex in North Minneapolis. That was mm. my first introduction to real estate, and that's, what, that's where the passion stemmed from. I was like, wow, I could do this at such an early age, mm-hmm. cash flowing $1,000 a month, you know? Wow. I'm a, I'm a junior in college. Being someone's landlord, so it was it was cool. Wow! Congratulations on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Motivated me so much, man, to like double my hustle now because it's like at twenty I was still wild and chasing girls, you know, partying, smoking weed, and it was just like (laughs) now. What if I could have been doing that at twenty? Oh my god, I could have been so much further ahead. But congrats to
1: you, man. That's awesome, man. Proud of you, man. Shout out to my mother. She she got me on the right path early. She taught me about credit early. Mm-hmm. I had a over seven hundred credit score at that time. Back mm-hmm. then you could go stated, and so with my with what my you mean credit, uh, you could go stated income. So when oh, it came okay. to the bank getting a loan, instead of showing all these documentations of how much you make, you can tell them how much you made. So mm-hmm. it was, that's that was part of what contributed to that big crash that happened in two thousand and seven. So mm-hmm. it was much easier to get a loan back then. Mm. So as long as you leverage and you knew what you were doing like you could buy multiple properties and that's what I did back then
0: Wow and, yeah. that's awesome man And that's good I'm glad you gave that information because some people don't know that you can go to the banks to fund a business venture like real estate you know what I'm saying but they don't know how to do it, or they feel like their credit needs to be a certain number to yeah, even exactly. qualify you know and it's like they didn't know if I knew it was that easy I would have got in a long time ago right. you know I always thought you always had to have cash on hand you know what I'm saying, to get some property. Oh, yeah. But that's cool, man. Yeah. So what So what made you decide to leave Minnesota, oh, Minnesota, right? Yep, and Minnesota. come to uh, to LA to
1: pursue real estate? Uh, well, I had a couple of things going on. Uh, the, one of the biggest things is uh, I had a seven year relationship at that time, I was mm-hmm. 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And that relationship ended that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was devastated. And also at the same time, I had a corporate job where I was working at Target as a manager. Mm. Um, and I had been there for a year and a half, and that wasn't working. And so they were getting ready to let me go. So mm. I had both of those things, two traumatic things to me at that time yeah, that was it going it on. Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. just like, where's life going? And so, you know, I, I looked up to God, and I prayed to him. He was like, man, what should I do? And I just had this big, overwhelming feeling that I need to get out of Minnesota and go somewhere else. And just L.A. just kept, there was this whisper in my ear, just L.A., L.A., Los Angeles, because I wanted to go to a big city. I knew that's... Where I felt most comfortable at, because it was just, I knew there's so much opportunities, and I just knew that big city matches my hustle. Right, I needed that big city hustle feel, mm-hmm. and so Los Angeles was it. You know, I called one of my friends that lived out here at the time. He said, "Come out and visit." I came out that weekend, visited him, and he uh, told me like, "Yo, if you uh, this is what you want to do, man, you can sleep on my couch for, you know, for however long you need." And that was all I needed. I just needed someone to, to lend a hand yeah. to get out here. I'm like, bro, thank you for that. I was like, I'm going to call you in about two months. And mm-hmm. I did that and packed my stuff up in my car and I got out here. That's awesome, man. That's good to have close friends like that
0: to help you out. Absolutely. So man. how long was it from when you got to that your friend's couch
1: until you got it on your feet doing real estate, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved out here in 2010. Um... Was living on his couch, you know, I paid him probably $250 a month to stay on his couch. I was there for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that time, that's when I finally got a, uh, I got a corporate job here. Uh, that allowed me to move out get my own place. I was working for Hershey, which was a corporate job. Mm-hmm. I paid well. Company car. So I thought I made it. Like, yeah, company, company car. car wow. They still do that? <laughs> yeah, man. They had it, man. I had a Chevy. I think my first one was like Chevy Malibu. And every two years, they switch you out. So I'm like, every two years, I had a new vehicle. Ooh. And I worked with them for five years. So mm. from 2010 and 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed, man. I, I need, That job helped me out a lot because there's a lot of autonomy. It allowed mm-hmm. me to do my job and also you know, work at my own pace, have my own hours really. Right. And uh, just move around the city and learn the city that way because I was doing territory sales. So mm. I, was, I was doing a territory of Los Angeles, calling on grocery stores. Mm. And yeah, so I, I, that job was what I needed at that time because it really gave me so much flexibility to ultimately got me into real estate. Mm. Okay. So from mm.
0: from the point that you got on your feet with this job, from what point from where you had the job
1: to where you left it to pursue real estate? Uh, so, 2014, when I was like, you know, I had worked at Hershey for four years at that time, and mm-hmm. Hershey was trying to promote me, but mm-hmm. in order to promote me, they had to relocate me to another city. Mm-hmm. So, Indianapolis, they threw out there, they threw Hershey, Pennsylvania at me, and I, and I don't want to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, you came to LA to stay. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, Hershey, Pennsylvania, like, you got to think about. Like, when you, when, as a kid, when you used to look at their history books, mm-hmm. you would look at, like, some of those old pictures, those colonial pictures of what the uh, United States looked like at the beginning when they first mm-hmm. came here. Mm-hmm. That's what Hershey, Pennsylvania looked like. Like, it was just all wow. this colonial open land, and I'm like, I could not, you know, I'm a city boy. Like, I couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. I turned that down, and by turning that down... Uh, they got that notion of like, look, he's not trying to be promoted. And so they put me in, the, in this other category. It was like, yeah, we've got to figure something out with him because he's not taking any of these opportunities. And then one way or another, they ended up finding out I was doing real estate on the side. So it was like, you know, these corporate structures, they, yeah, they, yeah. they, they feel any type of resistance or you taking advantage or anything. So it ended up not working out. Um, they ended up actually letting me go. But by that time, I already had my license, and I had already been doing real estate part time for a year. Mm. So by the time they let me go, it was actually what I needed because the job was so cush. Mm. You know, I had this company car, I set my own hours. You know, I could wake up at eight o'clock and work from like eight to eleven, take a two or three hour break, then finish off the day. Like I could, I literally had you were comfortable. Yeah, so I was real comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pay was it was whatever, but um, I was comfortable. So by them letting me go it forced me to make a decision. Like, did I wanna go into real estate full time? Mm-hmm. And that first year, me doing real estate part time, I didn't do one deal. Like, I was out there every weekend doing open houses, cause mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, man, this is gonna be supplemental income. Yeah. You know, living out in a city like Los Angeles where the cost of living is is this high, due mm-hmm. to ceiling, it was like, I need supplemental income. So I'm like, I'm gonna do real estate part time. You know, the average commission, it's about eight to ten grand, so even if I do one or two deals, like that's money in my pocket. Right. You're good. Mm-hmm. First year, it was I, I laid a, a goose egg. Oh, man. And it was difficult because it wasn't like I was not working. Yeah. When i never I was not doing Hershey, I was doing real estate. Mm-hmm. I was out here doing open houses every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, trying to find buyers because I knew that was gonna how I was gonna get started was finding buyers through open houses. Right. And how did that work for you? Like after <clears> you got fired
0: and then your first year, you didn't make a deal. Like, how did you survive it
1: within that time? Uh, you know, it was, it was difficult, you know, and I had to make that decision. When Hershey let me go, I knew my income was about to be cut off right then and there. And at that time, still, I hadn't done a deal in real estate yet. I had been part-time at that, 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 that last year, but I hadn't did anything, so it was like, man, should I just go find another job? And get paid like I can find another job with working the Hershey being on my resume. That mm-hmm. wasn't a problem, but it was like that's not what I wanted anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do something on my own. I wanted a brand. I wanted to start a business, and that's what real estate was going to provide me: build mm-hmm. this brand and this, and run my own business right. you know, essentially. So, I just I, out of faith, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like I had some money, I had some money that was uh, that was you know I had saved up, so mm-hmm. I knew. But I'm looking at it like oh, it's going to get tight on me yeah, if I don't, yeah. if, if, I don't if, it, if it takes me six months to do it, it's going to get really, really tight on me. Mm-hmm. But I had to, I had to make that that decision and I had to bet on myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people got to do. You know, you got to, you know, even though you can't see that next step, like you got to, if, if that's your passion and you feel confident in yourself, like you got to go do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to just go out here and do it, man. If I fail, I probably have to go move back to Minnesota, probably mm-hmm. go live with my mom or something, but like I have to do this. This is now the time. Mm-hmm. I think that separation with Hershey would cause that epiphany. Mm-hmm. Like it's time, it's time. That's what I did. And immediately, right out the gate, um, I ended up uh, getting a client through open house. You know, so it was just, you know, it was good juices flowing and just believing in myself. And all of a sudden, these opportunities start coming where I was able to convert. Mm. And so, uh, my first year again, you know, I did zero deals, and what was tough about that was I had three deals that were in escrow that eventually fell out. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the commission on that—that that was probably like 30, 35 grand mm-hmm. that I was out of. Deals not going through. So, you think? you, know, yeah, you think I did add right? yeah. So it's deflating. I had to really. I had a moment where I was like, I don't even know if it's for me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, and so, um, but again, you, you know, but. The great thing is you see people that came before you and you hear their struggles and that's that's always been inspiring to me is hearing people that went through struggle. That's always connected to me and then, then seeing the story of them now becoming successful mm-hmm. always resonated to me because I'm like, all, right, all these people that have been successful, all of them have this common thread of struggling. Mm-hmm. All of these people were at the bottom at one point. right. And, and they risen, so I'm like, I'm no different. So I was actually expecting the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I was expecting it to be challenging. Yeah. And um, there's this quote that I love that I live by is that a pessimist, you know, sees difficulty in every opportunity, mm-hmm. but an optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. Mm. and that really struck a chord with me it's just like you've got to have a certain mind frame right. for success mm-hmm. you know you got to look at difficulty as an opportunity if you look at it as a, as a negative thing and I don't know if I'm going to then you're going to continue to stay where you're at mm-hmm. so that's what really made the difference for me now that makes perfect
0: sense bro I tend to see opportunity in every difficulty also you know heading in the direction I'm heading man mm-hmm. but it's cool that you said that pretty much being fired was the best thing that ever happened to you. You know what I'm saying? Same here. You know, I was stuck at a job. I was super comfortable. Money was great. It was changing my life, buying cars, buying apartments and stuff. But it was like, I wasn't happy. My dreams were part time. You know, so once I got fired, it was like, if I don't leave now, I'm going to get another job and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be safe. And it's like, I didn't want to be safe anymore. I needed to take that risk, you know. And right. it seems like you did the same thing. It's working out for you, and that's right. awesome, bro. Damn. So congrats on that, man. So now, so now, talk to me about this this 15 mil. <laughs> talk. To, I want to hear about that. <laughs> so tell me about that. Oh, so the 15 mil. Well, first of all, how
1: many deals was that to accumulate? To 15 mil, uh, it was 22 or 23 deals that I did in the past year that equal 15 mil okay 15 million and i had a couple big ones um that that went through as well i had a 2.4 million dollar that closed earlier this year and a two million dollar that closed this year so you you add those they they get you to that 15 plus Mm. and uh it's really quite a blessing you know i'm in i'm in a, a structure a real estate structure where it allows me to thrive like that and that's another thing you've got to look at you know when i got into the real estate market um, I was working with a small brokerage and there was just not a lot of opportunity out there for me to, to excel. Where well, they wasn't bringing opportunities for me, so I had to really go out there and pave the ground myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up finding a brokerage that actually puts me in front of opportunities to convert mm-hmm. like that. And that made a huge difference. So I think, you know, the lesson in that is whatever field anybody's in, it's important to figure out what resources are going to help you achieve your goal because mm-hmm. you can't do it on your own right it's just not it's just it's just impossible almost. you know some people may mm-hmm. but majority of people 90 95 percent of people need a resource they need someone to lend a hand they need mentorship they need resources they need leads whatever the industry may mm-hmm. be and so I was very aware of that I was really very cognizant as I need a resource to help me because uh, I'm, I'm a younger agent in the real estate game mm-hmm. and I was talking to you about it like the average real estate agent Out here is about 50 to 55 years old and have been in the industry for 20 years. Wow. So this me being fresh yeah. The, to the, How old are you? <clears throat> I'm 33. Oh, oh, same, same, 33. 33 August 12th. So I'm, I'm fairly young and only having my license for four years. I have four years of being an experience. So comparing that and competing against those type of people, mm-hmm. you've got to find an, a, a competitive advantage. You know, mm-hmm. You've got to figure out what your unique selling proposition is. And that's what I sat down hours and hours of thinking of. Is what is going to be my unique selling proposition? How can I create a competitive advantage where I can compete with these guys? Because this is—it's—it's really a shark tank out there when it comes to real estate, I'm especially sure in it's the super Los, cutthroat. Los Angeles market. It is very cutthroat. There's no loyalty. Mm-hmm. You can lose a client just like that in a flash, just from someone that can talk their talk their butt off and be able to influence and so. You, you have to be on your toes at all time, and it's, it's challenging. But to me, that's exciting because it only helps hone my skills and allows me to improve and just get better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to translate, those turn to transferable skills are going to translate in anything I do in life moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. It's cool that you embrace challenges, you know
0: what I'm saying, instead of running away from them. Because, like you said, if you run away from them, you're not going to get to the next level, right? You know, and it's right. all about embracing those challenges, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, so tell me, how do you do your, your, your market research? Like, wh- where do you look at, what's your target demographic? And then what, like, what, how do you set yourself up to go close a deal?
1: Okay. Um, I think it's very important to, you gotta take time out to understand the business that you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta understand in order for your craft to get better, you have gotta understand the ins and outs, uh, the nuances, you know, the, the technical pieces of, of your business. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing. Mm-hmm. is that I, I sit down and I, and, I, and I understand the real estate market because once I understand the real estate market what's next is I've got to understand the consumer in that market which mm-hmm. is either a buyer or a seller and how they're how they're reacting to the market you know right now you know in the Los Angeles market there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. there's a lot of statistics and data that I know I know homes right now 40 percent of homes are uh, going through some sort of price reduction. Mm-hmm. 40%, so that means that the market is softening. Okay. I know that 35% of the market are first-time home buyers. so I may want to cater to them. Right. I know that um, over the last four to five years, the average sales prices went up 8 to 10% on average. Oh, wow. This next year is probably going to only be about 2 or 3% because of the market softening. Okay. So there are these data points that I know that help create a story that then I know how to react. Right. And I know how to then, all right, so... I know 35 percent of home buyers are first-time home buyers well i need to put on some home buying classes right you know i need to try to uh you know have them gravitate towards me right and i need to be able to provide them with resources and tools and knowledge and insight that's going to allow them to have confidence in me to win and then like i want him as my real estate agent right right so um those things have definitely helped me Mm. um be able to grow my business and be able to connect with people is because when they come to me and me being able to, just numbers alone, if you start speaking to somebody about numbers about your business, they're automatically going to have some credibility. Like, wow, this guy knows, knows what starting, he's talking you know. about. Yeah. Right. And I try to stay away from just having like service level conversation. Like, oh, real estate is good, because that's not showing them I'm an the expert. Yeah, exactly. Know, like, everybody knows that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, the, it's you know, it's a great investment, it's mm-hmm. the biggest investment you're gonna make, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. So I try to, I'll, every time I touch a client, I try to give them value added items, you know. If I'm hitting, giving them numbers, like, in this area we've seen a, a 3% price drop in a lot of these homes, and so look, If we target this area, we can negotiate. We can bring the price down on Mm -hmm. the home that you that you're looking at. Like it's it's understanding and being able to then deliver insight and numerical uh, data that really connects with them. So that's what I always knew I wanted to be. I wanted to always come off as as an expert. That's good. This guy knows what he's talking about. Right, right, and That's right. what I'm continuing to work on every
0: day. Yeah, it gives it gives people <clears throat> more confidence and belief in you that you can help them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's pretty much what they want anyway. And right. It sounds like you know that. Right. And you mastered on how to capture that feeling from them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. That's, that's what's up, man. Right. So, um,
1: do you have a team? You have a team. Uh, not necessarily so <clears throat> I, I am kind of a one-man band when it comes to closing homes but okay. with with my brokerage Joe, we do have um in a sense I would say okay I would say I do have a team when it comes to, like I need a transaction coordinator when I'm doing the deal uh when I'm showing homes I actually have uh, associate agents that help me show homes mm-hmm. um so yeah there there is a element of a team mm-hmm. but it's not an actual team that's helping build like revenue like I have buyer agents or i have seller agents that help me mm. in business because right now I'm kind of a one man band when it comes to that Yeah, but when it comes to like the administrative stuff then yeah there's like a team that helps me mm. close deals gotcha so where do you see yourself in the next five years? in the next five years? it's a great question mm-hmm. you know, I think about that one a lot too um, you, know, you know on my social media platforms I put uh, real estate influencer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not a term that I don't think a lot of people have heard before. I mean, right, you've heard of like I heard of social, social media, media yeah, social media influencer. Yeah. But I, I kind of coined that because I'm like, I'm going to speak that into existence, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a real estate influencer, and what that really means to me is, is, is dominating in the real estate space is on several different channels. Mm-hmm. So being a, a top producer real estate agent is right now what I'm focused on, mm-hmm. but ultimately. I want to bring that into investing and being able to buy properties, flip properties, mm-hmm. and being able to be successful at that. Um, currently, right now as well, I do property management right now, and I want okay. to be able to grow that too. So I, I look at it as this three-headed monster: like real estate agent, being able to close and sell deals, being a real estate investor, being able to flip deals, you know, being mm-hmm. able to buy properties, buy and hold, and, and things of that nature, and then property management mm-hmm. based off of the properties that I'm buying and holding, being able to property manager and create a company based off of that so mm-hmm. in the next five years I want all three things and these things just be elevated and, mm-hmm. and taken to another level and then right. I can really say like real estate influencer for real right right and then
0: that's when you will have a team or staff yeah, exactly <laughs> you know to kind of operate that but well, that's good man I'm glad right. I'm glad you're focused in a in a higher direction you know so that's good that's good because when you said one-man band I was like okay cause you just <laughs> said you can't really do everything yourself so yeah. it sounds like right now you're like multitasking but soon mm. hopefully sooner you know that uh five-year plan of coming to come into fruition you know yeah. which I'm sure it will because it sounds like you're heading in the right direction that's yeah. good yeah, now was real estate
1: your, your first like dream mm-hmm. it was like was you my were, first dream yeah it no, wasn't my first dream what was as, it as a kid yeah As a kid, I was one of those kids that, you know, like a lot of kids, like I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Same. (laughs) I I played basketball every single day. Like Mm -hmm. I looked up to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan around that time was was the athlete. My Mm -hmm. dad loved Michael Jordan. Every time Michael Jordan had a game on TV. Mm-hmm. That's what we were watching. I mean, my dad had Michael Jordan posters all throughout the house. He had a Michael J- uh, Jordan statue. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just so Michael Jordan. And he, yeah. he would take us go play, play basketball. He'd have the Michael Jordan jersey shorts, <laughs> you know, the, the newest J's that were out yeah. at that time. This is the 90's, so mm-hmm. you know, every year there was a new Jordan pair mm-hmm. that came out. He had all of that, and he had a collection of Jordan. Mm-hmm. So I just fell in love with basketball around that time and just fell in love with like Michael Jordan and the greatness that Mm -hmm. he possessed and Mm -hmm. just being able to win championship after championship and so uh, that was that was my dream as a kid like I wanted to play basketball. Yeah so did you play for your school and all that stuff? Yeah I played to my school up until high school and then in 10th grade I got cut Mm-hmm. And that was devastating to me for my high school team, and that was a really good high school team. Mm-hmm. Had moved out there, you know, it was a new school for me. I moved out to the suburbs. I was in the inner city my whole life, but in my sophomore year, I moved out to the suburbs for my mom, thought it was gonna be a better life. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of doing that, I ended up getting cut because they didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I played, I played well during that trial. I'll never forget, and all the all the kids around was like, "Yeah, you played well," but politics of basketball right they mm. already had their, their squad and had been with the program for years yeah so, implement me in unless i was like the next lebron james they weren't going to do right 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 and so they cut me in, and from there i had to like play house basketball leagues during high school and so it was cool i was undersized too i was about five five my senior mm. so my my sophomore year in high school i yeah. was just a little guy i didn't know how to get tall until senior year so Gotcha, so that kind of discouraged you from
0: taking it to the NBA. Yeah, yeah, that cut my dream here. Yeah, cut, yeah, me cut me my dream short. T-shirt. Cut me
1: short. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like you have any regrets. Yeah, nah, no regrets. You know, I think being cut in 10th grade, you know, it created a story, you know, it created a struggle story that helped fuel me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and even in basketball, I got much better after that. Like my, my, my college years, I would be at the rec center all the time playing basketball, and that's when I really got good. Like, I got I got good enough to what I think I could have played college ball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it never materialized. And, you know, I just screwed that passion, and I still feel that fueled me. Like, I got cut from my 10th grade sophomore team. Yeah. Who gets cut from a sophomore team? You got <laughs> to be terrible.
0: I'm not talking about
1: getting cut from varsity. Yeah. I got cut from a sophomore team. Oh, man. man. That hurt. Yeah, so, it's like the, uh, Real estate it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I always did well academically, and so, you know, I, I knew I had strengths elsewhere, mm. so it all worked out
0: for me. That's good, man. What do you think your strengths, do you know your strengths and weaknesses now, like, in your field, in your real estate absolutely. field? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: What are your weaknesses? Ooh, are my weaknesses? Um, You know, one thing I think I've worked on, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, is is being able to um, handle tough times um, in a way that doesn't bother you or doesn't allow people to say, hey, I can see that he's bothered. I think when I, I get bothered, I think it's visibly can be seen. And so in real estate, like you have to be very professional, you know at all times especially when you're working with clients and one thing that mm-hmm. i have a tough time even to this day is when someone blatantly disrespects me mm-hmm. like it's just blatant disrespect right, right? um and this happens <laughs> on the, in the field oh i've been i've been yeah I've, I've been i've had agents that try to yell at me over the phone and mm-hmm. yell like all kind of stuff when you're in like an r- actual real estate transaction some of these real estate agents can just be aggressive mm-hmm. they can be rude they mm-hmm. can be disrespectful and so Act I've let like that get to me. You and stuff. Yeah, I've let that get to me, you know. One of my managers, one of the best managers I've had, he always says like, you you know, no deal goes with you, it always goes with your client. So you've always got to keep their best interests and you got to keep your feelings always directed towards them. You can't let anyone get you out of your box and get you so upset that you're taking that home or anything like that. You've always got to keep it business and professional within the field. If someone's disrespecting you, you respond back to them in a the business in a profet- professional way. Um, if you're under contract, always revert back to the contract and and never let it get to you, you to an emotional level where you're not taking that home or you're just or you're not in upset. control anymore. Yeah, because I had times where I'm like, when well, i fight I'm like, look, man, I'm from the inner city. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, meet yeah. me out in the parking lot. <laughs> like You're not even talking to me like this. You know, because real estate agents, like, again, like, they be saying some crazy things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some very disrespectful things, uh, demeaning, you know, condescending. I've mm-hmm. had all of those things. And so what's the worst you ever heard? Um, I mean, I've had agents, you know, and again, you know, they're just, you know, you don't never know what's going on with them. Uh, I had a guy, you know, we submitted a request for repair. So I had this buyer that wanted some certain things done with the home. mm mm-hmm. Um, and he was representing the seller, and so we give him a list of things, and he just blew up. We was like, "I dare, who do you think you are? You a little young guy? You've only been in real estate for some two, three years? Like, you need to take this and give this back to your client. We're not doing any of those things." And the way he was saying, I mean, he's yelling at me on yeah. the phone. Like, who do you think you are? Like, and I'm like. You know, I, I I'm always in a professional space when it comes to real estate because I treat it as a, like a profession, right, right? As you should. And so he he's coming at me like just sideways, mm. you know, and uh, just just yelling at me. And I'm I don't take anybody. My mom, my dad, nobody yells at me, especially right, at this right. point of being an adult. And so. You know, I had to channel that and be like, all right, don't, don't, and I felt myself getting out of character because I started to bark back. Like, mm-hmm. Who you think you talking to? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, seriously, you want to meet me somewhere? But yeah. then I had to like, well, that's not, that's not the way because this is not in the best interest of my client. This right. is getting outside of real estate. This is getting somewhere else. And, and so, at the, the moment they look <laughs> at you, as unprofessional. It's over. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And if I did actually meet them, and they would say this, like, I got to lose my license and all kind of different stuff, but. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to learn, like, I have to take uh, disrespect with a uh, grain of salt, you know, because I come from a place where
0: it's you can disrespect
1: it, like, mm-hmm. yo, you've got to stand up for yourself. you got to poke your chest out. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to do this, man. Like, what you want to do? Mm-hmm. So I come from, I come from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just trying to circle that back and trying to contain that, restrain myself, you know, think in the moment, think outside of the moment, mm-hmm. calm myself down, and just do the right thing. Yeah, and so I've learned that, and you know, still I have these moments, you know, mm-hmm. where people are just doing some, just you know, doing ethical stuff. I've had, you know, people steal clients for me. Mm-hmm. I've heard people uh, uh, talk bad about me, saying, "Don't not work with him; he's terrible," and all. And I'm like, "You don't even know me." So you you go through all of that in real estate, and it always makes you want to like attack, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like I got to, you know, kill him with kindness, right. kill him with professionalism. Killing with day, success. I'm gonna win, killing with success, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I've, I've had some I had some wild things happen so far, so. What are your strengths? My strengths, um, <clears throat> you know, these, those are things that I definitely think about a lot. And from what people have told me, I think one of my big strengths is just my personality, uh, having the charisma, being able to relate to people, mm-hmm. um, actually uh, listening to what people say, and then um, reacting based off of what they've said. So just that attention to detail of mm-hmm. what people are looking for, and I think that's what's helped me excel in real estate, mm-hmm. is that I, I retain the information that you're giving me, and then I utilize that to execute and put you in a better situation, or put you in a situation where you're going to be more successful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's... Listening. Yeah, listening. Mm-hmm. Listening is, 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 when they talk about communication, communication is the biggest transferable skill you can have mm-hmm. in any field of employment, right? Right. And the biggest thing about communication is the ability to listen mm-hmm. and, a, and retain the information and then do something with that information. Right. And so I learned that a long time ago um, about just simply just taking time out to listen. Mm-hmm. I think people are so competitive or they always want to be able to show that they're good and they're yeah. great, that they get to talking and they get to talking and talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to sell someone, it ain't really about you talking, it's about you Getting them to talk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: listening, and then doing something with that information. Right. So I was taught that lesson a long time ago, and it's just like I've got to be able to listen. Um, and I learned that from a book, uh, "How to Win Friends Influence People." Um, and it's that, a good that book. book, yeah, that book was amazing. I don't mm-hmm. think I said the title right, but um, book is amazing. You know, and it taught me so many skills that I use the present day that help me. Mm, yeah.
0: No, that was a good book. They uh. They made us read it at my old sales, y'all. How to win friends and they influence others. others. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that, was, that was definitely inspiring. Teach you a lot. Breaks down the 80 20 rule, like you said. You yeah. know, talk 20% of the time, listen 80% of the time. Yep. You know, so that's definitely great. Exactly. So so tell me, what real estate moguls do you look up to and inspire to be like or better than one day? Um
1: some of the real estate moguls that I look up to. I think one of the guys, I just heard him speak a couple of weeks ago. His name is Josh Altman. He's on the Million Dollar Listing Show for What's LA. What's his name? Josh Altman. Okay. Yeah, he's on the uh, Million Dollar Show. That's mm-hmm. on, I believe it's HGTV, mm-hmm. on one of the Network channels. And he's been doing that. He's been on that show for probably five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got a chance to hear him talk uh, last mm-hmm. month. He was mm-hmm. at the Long Beach Expo. And uh, it was so interesting hearing his story. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, was so interesting hearing his story because um, he he had a very similar story. When he first started off, uh, he didn't do zero deals his first six months. Mm-hmm. You know, he got into real estate because he had been so successful on the buy side, like he was buying properties,
0: mm-hmm. flipping
1: them or whatever. And uh, he, he became a real estate agent thinking mm-hmm. he was going to make all this money. And <coughs> Yeah, I he actually. Some, coffee? Yeah, my. You got your
0: coffee you know I don't know where it's at. Um, good.
1: All right. So, he did. He did zero deals his first six months, and then uh, out of nowhere, just out of just sure hustle. I mean, this guy was door knocking. He was just trying to connect with any and everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, his big thing is he knew he wanted to do high end, and so by him wanting to do high end. He knew he had to be in circles and in spaces where the high-end people were. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here in 1000000 million-dollar homes, and uh, you're living in a low-income area, and you just—that's your—that's all you stay. You've got to go out there to those areas where these people are. Right. And that's what he would do. He said he would go to Beverly Hills. He would go to Malibu. He would go to these area, other areas and just sit in Starbucks mm-hmm. and work from there. You mm-hmm. can work from, from Starbucks, mm-hmm. and then people would just come in, mm-hmm. um, and then if. You know, someone looked like, you know, they were somebody of, of, of great stature. They seemed like they were doing well off. Like, he would try to go talk to him. He would give him his business card. Mm-hmm. And he said he he did that, and that worked for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was actually able to turn a couple of those people into clients. So wow. I just thought that was amazing. And mm-hmm. he said he would do a lot of open houses for mm-hmm. high-end homes. So he was just putting himself in this space to receive opportunities to right. convert. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, he has a great story, you know. And when he gets to talking, there's just so many uh, gems that you can take from. And I, I actually took some of those same principles that he has. and like, right, I'm going to apply that to my my hustle. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously working for you. Mm-hmm. That's what's <clears> up, man. Have you ever heard of uh, Jay Morrison? Yeah, 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 yeah. I follow Jay Morrison. I've been following Jay Morrison, I think, since like 2012, 2013. So. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, well,
0: I'm a friend of a friend of his. We used oh, to he worked together at my sales job. And he always said his name, Jay Morrison, Jay <laughs> Morrison. I was like, right, let me look this guy up. And then I saw how he was uh, buying and flipping homes. You know, he was... You Know his past, uh, yep. now he made a bigger, a better present or whatever. And uh, he was doing his thing with the duplexes in Jersey and stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay, so that's how you do it. And that's what got me into real estate because I oh, told you before wow. I was interested at one point. But yeah, now nah, Jim Morrison, yeah, yeah, I look up to him a lot. There's a few
1: others, but you know, but that's the one that you say you look up to the most. Um, kind oh, of yeah. I think right now, because of where I want to go, I look at Josh Altman. But you know, if if I was gonna say someone else, like I have followed Jay Morrison, he's another one that's been on my radar. Mm-hmm. for a very long time. Jay Morrison is interesting. how he got started off because he did, he got started off with just buying multi-units. Mm-hmm. Like he'd buy a multi-unit and he'd live in one so he'd get like only have to pay three or four percent down mm-hmm. because of he's living in one and then he'd move out after a period of time, have fully rented out and then he'd go find another property, do the same thing and then that's how he was building Monopoly. So he built it that way and how he started to get his name out there is he had his video that went viral, Star, I'll never forget because that's how I first was introduced to him. Is he had he was on World Star. Mm-hmm. He was he's in the back of a Maybach yep. talking about real estate mm-hmm. and buying up the blocker, you know hip hop and 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 he was from the drug dealing world mm-hmm. and the real estate was in prison and bounced back and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he had this story that was captivating, mm-hmm. and I seen like that story was so captivating that that's how he was able to grow his base and, and get the popularity that he has now. So I've watched, I've literally watched him grow. Yeah, I think uh, when he was first on Instagram, he probably had like 8,000 followers when I started following him. Right. And now he has probably like 240,000. So mm-hmm. just to see his natural progression, I'm just watching him over the years. And I think that's how a lot of us have to become successful. We have to watch others because... No one is really reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. You can literally just watch someone and what they do, try to emulate that to your best of your abilities. Also try to add something unique, you know, because you want to be an individual. Mm -hmm. But there's so many blueprints out there that we've just got to take the time to to look at those those blueprints. Right.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Now, let me ask you, you know, and despite his presidency, (laughs) do you look at Donald Trump as... Inspiration in the real estate world, or look up to his um, business practices in the real estate world. Yeah, oh, you because know, he is a mogul in real yeah, estate. you know
1: despite Absolutely. Every, all the BS surrounding him. <laughs> you know, um, actually, Trump hasn't hasn't been somebody that I've really looked at from a real estate standpoint. Am I right now? And I think maybe because. You know, he gained his like popularity through real estate back in like the '90s or '80s or '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now he doesn't he doesn't look so much as a real estate. He's he's looked at as all these other things, like businessman, the yeah, businessman, and the apprenticeship, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. I think the Business way he's marketed, time, here, yeah, I think the way he's exposed, like it, it doesn't it doesn't for me. I don't gravitate to him towards real estate. It just because of what his brand and what the, the marketing plan has been up for him for the last. 10, 20 years, like it, he, he's in, in the forefront. Like he didn't have a real estate show. Mm-hmm. He had an apprentice show, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was, it was, you know, and, and just more business related versus like adding that concentration of real estate. So I don't really look at him as like someone, uh, even though he has been very, very yeah, successful. Yeah, his name is on a lot of on, the, on the buildings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, you know, he, he's the commercial side. He, he builds hotels and golf courses, you know, mm-hmm. so he's on a whole nother level, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. That's cool, man. What do you think of him as our president?
1: <laughs> what? We're talking politics. No, I, mean, um, I mean, you know, if you if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll talk about it. I didn't vote for him, you know, first and mm-hmm. foremost. I think, you know? I think I uh, think, you know, he was just uh, too divisive. You know, he's too divisive for me. You know, I, I always want someone in, in leadership that knows how to bring people together. Mm-hmm. And I just think he didn't provide that. I think he was just too divisive. He was calling out too many uh, segments of people. Uh, that didn't look like him, that Mm -hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. Um, But, um, I mean, when you think about what's going on with the community, so there's good and bad, like, you know, I always look at things objectively. Like, I'm not going to be, like, he's just the worst thing ever. You know, I try to look at things as objectively as I can, and he has brought some good to politics as far as shaking it up. you know, not being that traditional politician that mm-hmm. people just fall for and that tells you all these things and don't back it up. Right. I think he's generally been himself. So I think... <coughs> I don't know what's going on with you. It's all good. Oh, we um, gonna wrap it up, so get you some so, water. So um, him generally being himself, that's a lesson anybody can learn. Like, if you generally be yourself, there's no level to what heights you, that can you be taken. And I think he's generally himself. I think he does get a bad rap in, in regards to... Like, I just think he's himself and... um I think he's, uh, you know, he cares about himself and, and his own agenda. And I think mm-hmm. some, sometimes people get that confused when he hates these people. He hates these. I think he's just like, if you rock with him, he's gonna rock with you. But if you want the moments, you go against him. He's all. He's and I think that's always been his personality. Yeah. He, so I think people get that confused sometimes. Like he's, uh, he's this, he's that, he's a bigot, he's that. I think he's just all for himself. He's just self-centered, and it, it just comes off like that. Um. And, but, you know, as far as his presidency, like, I'm just, you know, praying that we get through these this term and, you know, nothing catastrophic happens to the economy or the country. Yeah. Well, as they say, and this too shall pass. <laughs> you know, man. For
0: real. So, when you retire, what do you want to
1: have accomplished mm-hmm. in real estate? I think... Or um, life in itself as well. In general? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think about like just legacy. Like, what is my legacy? What is what can I leave to my my children, my offspring, mm-hmm. that's going to allow them to to capitalize on and, and help them be in a much better place, starting off in life. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, you know, we grew up not having much. Um, we didn't have inheritance. We wasn't a trust fund baby. We didn't have any of those things. But I really want to leave something to my kids responsibly. Mm-hmm. You know, not just mm-hmm. give them something because I think whenever you give somebody something and they didn't work for it. You yeah. know appreciation there right. a lot of the times they don't know what to do with it and they right. lose it mm-hmm. um, I remember looking at the statistic on um, in real estate where when uh, when a parent dies or whoever has a home and they die and they pass it on to their kids it was like a high percentage of like 60 or 70% of them end up losing the property like they don't do the correct thing to continue to build that wealth mm-hmm. and it's because they probably never had that responsibility to that level, or again, it was just handed to them so they don't really appreciate it. Right. When you work hard for something, and and, and, and then you're rewarded for it, mm-hmm. there's appreciation of what that reward is. And so I think, you know, when I retire, my whole thing is just a legacy that I can, you know, when I have kids, is to pass on to them, but also instill in them the leadership, the responsibility, the, the ambition, instill those things into them so that they continue to take that to an even higher level. Mm. And that's my big thing. That's what's up, man. You have
0: children now? No. No, no. kids, yeah. Same. Same. No I got a dog. Yet? No, just a dog. Just you working a dog. on it. Um <laughs> You working on <laughs> it? Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got 33, a lot of 3, man. I know, man. I know I was but thinking I mean, about I, that man, too. Man though. So I mean, you know, you got Jay-Z having kids at 47 whatever. Yeah, know, man. So 47. still hope for us. There's still hope yeah, for us. Yeah, you know? not that I would to have kids that old.
0: But
1: yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm
0: just, I'm just so focused on my career. It's like I, 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 I so. right now I can't slow down, you know. Mm-hmm. And one day, you know, but not today. Yeah. And that's just, I'm gonna leave it at that, man. But I just want to say it was a pleasure having you man, on my it was show great today. To be here, man. You have some incredible questions, man. And you, you got get some... the most out of the interview. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'm trying to, man. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to please the consumer. as yeah, You say, you yeah. know, I need my audience to really get the information they need so they can move to the next level and what they want, uh, what they um, visualize their life and becoming. You know, a lot of them uh, want a career in entertainment, you know, in real estate maybe, want to be an actor. So I try to get the questions that they need to to provide the tools and the fuel they need to succeed. You know what I'm saying? I hope I'm providing that information that you guys need. Thanks, Thank you for another for enjoying another episode appreciate of Sleepers for appreciate. Billionaires the podcast. I guess Gregory Eubanks Johnny
1: Vegas. Where can the people follow you, my brother? Uh they can follow me on Instagram, G Banks N L A. That's spelled G Banks G B A N K S. I N L A L A. So G Banks in LA. Follow me there. Mm, there you
0: go. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Grab me some water, man. I got you. I got you. My bad. I don't know what's going on, man.